0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, to the ages of all ages, Amen. This morning, as you hear the Gospel, and as you hear uh, Christ saying to His disciples, He's sending them out, um, and He tells them the, the harvest is great and the labors are few, and He's sending them out to go and to share the Gospel, the good news that He came to share with all the world. This gospel and this message and this sending out and this apostleship is not just to the 12 and is not just to the 70 and it's not just to men and and women uh, 2,000 years ago, but it is for you and it is for me. God has chosen you to send you out, to send you out not to just share the gospel, but to be the gospel. Like when He says, Like when he says to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And we, we heard the same uh, thing in the prophecies today, in the prophecy uh, of uh, Isaiah, I believe it was. And he says, And I will make you a blessing. And God wants not to make his, his, his gospel ink on paper. He doesn't want his gospel to be something which is just written. He wants, yes, the gospel is written. It is, it is the, the four gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the gospel, the good news is more than that. The good news, the word of God, took flesh and he came and he dwelt among us and he he was to us, the gospel. He, he. What was the gospel to the woman who was caught in the act of adultery? Was it four books written in in, uh, in, in, in some uh, obscure scripture? Was it was it some uh, un, un uh commentaries by uh, holy church fathers that can only be understood by I don't know who? Was it what was what was the gospel to the woman caught in the act of adultery? It was the look in the eyes of Christ of acceptance. It was, the, it was the grace which He poured out towards her before He even opened His mouth. It wasn't a word spoken. It was the life that He lived. He was the Gospel. And that's why the disciples, their, their Gospel, their Gospel was, come and see. The Gospel of the Samaritan woman was what? What was the message of the Samaritan woman? Come and see a man who spoke to me all things that I ever did. Come and see, come and see my Jesus. Come and see my Jesus. Now I want to ask you a question, because, because you know what the punchline today is, is go, preach the gospel, be the gospel. The gospel is not something here. The gospel is, people, the harvest is great, the labors are few. When, when your heart is open, your heart is broken for the world, you start to see the pain and the suffering in every single person's life. The very look in somebody's eyes, God reveals to you the pain in their life and you want to pour your, yourself out to them. And you realize that you can't, you're one person, you can't pour yourself out to all of these people. Folks, the harvest is great. It's great. There's so many people to be loved and to be cared for and to pour grace upon them and to look at them as God sees them and not, as, and not as the world sees them and as they have been conditioned to see themselves. Folks, the harvest is great. What is, what is this gospel that Jesus has sent us out to? What is this great thing? In, in, the, in, in the Catholic epistle, St. Peter says something. He says to us, he says, God has revealed to you things which the angels desired which the angels desired to look into, but they could not. Now I want to ask you a question. What is this thing that the angels desired to look into, but they couldn't? What is that? The angels wish to see it. The angels who stand before God and before His throne and all of His glory, wish to see it, but they couldn't. What is that? St. Irenaeus of Lyon, he explains to us, and he says to us, Let me read it to you instead of of paraphrasing. Give me a moment. I'll read it to you instead of of paraphrasing because his words are so beautiful. He says, Admirable sophists. Sophists is like people who are... uh, interested in wisdom and explorers of the sublimities of the unknown father and rehearsers of those super celestial ministries which angels desired to look into but could not. For he has brought himself and has bestowed on men those good things which were announced beforehand, which things angels desire to look into. For there is one son who accomplished his father's will And one human race also in which the mysteries of God were wrought, which things the angels desired to look into but could not. What St. Irenaeus of Leon is telling us is he's telling us that the, the, the great love of God, the great glory of God was revealed in the man Jesus Christ in the God-man Jesus Christ, who took flesh. And what context did this happen in? What world did this happen in? The world of birds? The world of cattle? The world of the fish? No. The, the, in, in the world of men and women. Right? In the world of humanity. That God chose humanity to reveal in the context of humanity, to reveal in the context of humanity His, His most... I'm stuttering to say the word because I don't want to offend you, but his most maniacal love, the fathers call it, they call it in Greek eros maniakos, like maniac, like like mania, like, like when someone has bipolar, for example, right? And they, 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 they go between depression and mania, that God came to a, a, a maniacal state, of of divine love for us that he poured himself out in in complete utter sheer madness and poured himself out on the cross but could fish understand this no could cattle understand this no could the birds of the air understand this no could all of creation sense the magnitude of the greatness of what was happening within the created material world? Yes. And the sun darkened and the moon did not give its light and so on. But could they understand? Could they rationally could they rationally partake of the work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection and his life as an incarnation all of all of his life? No. Could they know what it's like for, for, for a man to be hungry? No. Because they're fish and they're animals and they're right. This is the great, this is what even angels couldn't understand because God did not incarnate as an angel to to restore and save the universe. He He incarnates as a man. And this gift is given to us to understand it and to enjoy it. And then to live the life of our, the rest of our life for our own pleasures and lusts and, and luxury, right? No! What a horror! What a horror! If those who have participated in the love of Christ and seen the outpouring of the selfless love of God would then become selfish and keep this to themselves and do nothing with it. What a horror! What a horror! Would it maybe have been better than they would not have known at all? I don't know. My beloved brothers and sisters, my beloved, today is the day God is calling you. Find someone who needs love to be poured into their life. You won't have to look far. And look to the maniacal love of Christ that defies reason. Why would any rational, reasonable person Suffer and love like Jesus for the ones who will betray him and deny him and only to restore them again. And I'm not speaking about Judas and St. Peter. Yes, maybe, but I'm also speaking about me who comes every month in confession and bows my head and receives the love of God. People think that confession is this... uh, odd, awkward, strange thing that is just this requirement of the church or something. It's not. It's it's one of the most beautiful gifts given that every single month we can come and stand before God and, and pour out the blackest part of our souls before Him and be received with wide open arms and nail pierced hands of love and in the, in, the, in the body of the church, Christ incarnate in the church receives, receives us with love and says, I love you. I love you. And you say, but Jesus, I did this. And but Jesus, I denied you. But Jesus, I, And He receives us with his, with his unending love. It's a conditioning. It's a conditioning because on that last day, when I close my eyes for the last time here on earth and I open them on the other side, I'm going to stand before Christ. And I will see the magnitude of all of my infidelity to Him. And will I I be blown away by the horror of my life and my selfishness? Or will I have been conditioned to know that Christ will accept me no matter what? God is calling you and He's calling me. He's calling you and He's calling me to share the love, the grace... Of God to not just to some esoteric theological concept no to to find somebody who doesn't deserve your love and your kindness and pour it out on them because that 's what God does for you and for me and anytime you feel like your love tank is running low you're running you're running you're running low on grace you're running low you don't got you don't have i don't sometimes I turn to God and tell him i don't have anything to give he says. Come and receive from me. And the last thing I'm going to share with you, you know, my I've 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 tried and searched a thousand different ways to receive from God, and they all work just great. Read the Bible, pray, sing you know, praises, do this, that, the other, serve the poor, do all, all those they all they all work. But you know what works best you know what works best is my own repentance my own repentance when I go to God and I am empty and I am turning back towards my selfish behaviors and my self-destructive thoughts and I say, no, 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 wait a minute, hold on a second. Let's take a minute to examine ourselves. Let's take a minute to see how faithful we've been to Christ. And I sit and I examine myself and I make a list of all of my sins. I like to write lists. Those of you who don't know me, I write tons of lists. I write to-do lists. I write about three or four or five to-do lists every day. And then I never look at them. It's just therapeutic for me to write lists. I just like writing lists, right? I don't need to look at them. I just need to write them down to brain purge, right? So right? So you don't have to write a list, but I write a list. I write a list of all of my infidelities to Christ. all of, All of the things that I've done or haven't done Things I've said, things I didn't say, things I should have said. All the opportunities that God gave me to love people by name. I sit and write them name by name. All the people that I let down, person by person, I write their names down. And then I come and I stand before God and I offer Him my repentance. And then I open my scriptures and I read a little bit and I, and I receive the the endless love of Christ and when that happens, when, when I receive the love of Christ in the context of my repentance, it always every single time fills me with a new grace, new love new power, new hope new joy sometimes I, I'm still in my room you know, people always ask the question how do you find joy in the resurrection and in, 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 the, in, in the Christian life I've, I've, I've searched high and low, but what I've, the only thing i found is this, is the greatest joy I can have that I can retain for the longest amount of time, which is still not long enough, is in my repentance. And I repent, and oftentimes I don't feel the joy in my room. But then when I leave and I interact with other people, I find myself full of joy. I don't know how it works. I don't know why I don't feel that joy necessarily in my room or in my prayer. But I experience it in my interactions with others. It's a mystery. It's a mystery how this resurrection happens in us. How we go to God dead and we repent and we leave living and life givers like the holy spirit he has put in you and in me glory be to god forever and ever Amen. i have sinned forgive me my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters please pray for me